Moves on in, and he scores! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Pod Street Bullies. My name is Derek. And I am John. What's going on, everybody? Folks, again, like we stated last week, hockey is here, which means a lot more interesting stuff to talk about. (laughs) And we we don't have to be as creative with, like, coming up with things to talk about on this show. (laughs) Contrary to what you guys may think, the regular season is actually easier for us. (laughs) Right. Right. Because the topics kind of just happen. We don't have to be like, hey, do you want to do top five skaters that wore yellow laces on one skate and blue laces on the other? Yeah, this is all straightforward news, some opinions as well, but it's much easier to plan out. I can tell you from experience. <laughs> yeah, man. Yo, real quick, okay. your, uh, your, your cowboy has got a bit of a scare today. Listen. <laughs> I don't like talking about the Cowboys too much on here just because this is a Flyers podcast and right. I know how Eagles fans are. I know. Um, but I can tell you right now, I did somewhat enjoy watching Detroit beat them. Oh, yeah. Well, I get that. I mean, I, I don't like talking crap because at the end of the season, I end up eating it anyway. But that Eagles game, man, there were just too many opportunities that fell by the wayside. Dropped passes. Yep. That falls yep. squarely on the receiver's shoulders. I, I, I've said it a million times before. I do love Carson Wentz. I yeah. say it a million more times if I have to, but that man can't do it all. No. It's, the receivers need to step their game up big time. And that fumble by Aguilar, I don't know if oh, yeah. you saw the game. I like Nobody even touched it. It just like slipped out of his hands. That can't happen. And yeah, there's injuries. Alshon was out, I believe, and so was Deshaun Jackson. So yep, both were out. Yep. When they get them back, I'll be much more worried. That, much yeah. more worried about the Eagles. Well, anyway. Yeah, back to the hockey because we are a hockey podcast. We folks have a lot to cover this week because we had two rounds of cuts. We had comments that were made. We had a couple games that went on. So we're going to delve right into it here. And by delving right into it, I mean we're going to touch on the roster cuts that initially happened this week on Wednesday. There were some that we kind of really saw. We all knew this was going to happen. There were four, four cuts from amateur tryouts. There were four... Um, they sent them back to juniors. So you had Yegor Zamula sent back to Calgary. Mason Millman sent back to Saginaw. Wyatt Wiley sent back to Everett. And Igor Serduk sent back to Victoriaville. All Flyers prospects. So, you know, they'll they'll remain the Flyers, I guess you could say, property. It sounds yep. kind of bad saying that, but you know what I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, and the thing to keep in mind, too, is that Zamula is the only one under an entry-level contract right now. Yes, and that entry-level contract won't kick in until he starts playing with the Phantoms, though, I believe, or the Flyers. Right. Yeah, okay. I think so. I believe so as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, and technically, like, he's not old enough to play for the Phantoms, so if he was going to remain within the professional organization, that would have meant that he made the Flyers, and let's be real. Not happening. Right. Not yet. Right. No, yeah. I mean, he's definitely got a lot of promise. He's just not there yet. 
You're right. But if if we're going to move on to the four that got released from their amateur tryouts, you had Max Galode, uh, Ben McCartney, Sean Comrie, and Mika Sear all released. Um, John, any surprises? Any thoughts on the names mentioned here? Well, Wyatt Wiley is the one that stands out for me. I still don't understand why this kid wasn't given his contract. I mean, if he signed his ELC, he would have played for Lehigh Valley, a team that really could use some youth on the blue line, especially because, you know, Lehigh Valley and the AHL is a developmental league. Like, that's where you want your prospects to play when they're ready. Um, It just doesn't make much sense to me. I think he's shown everything that he can in the WHL. Everything that Hextall in the past told him he needed to work on, he improved. I just think the next step in his development needed to take place with the Phantoms, and it's unfortunate that it's not going to be this year. You're right, and I touched on it a bit in the article that I wrote two weeks ago saying there's really nothing more for him to A, learn, or B, accomplish um, in the WHL with uh, Everett. So, no, I mean, he's already got three points. I think he scored two goals last night. Yeah, correct. Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, yeah. we should say. Um, it's it, it stinks and you hate to see it because, honestly, Lehigh Valley, not that they need the help because we still don't really know what we have with some of the guys that were newly signed, like Walensky and Begras and Wallerspoon. Right. But having a guy like Wiley in that system could help because they are still somewhat thin on that blue line. Yeah, I mean, and it just makes me concerned that they're not going to sign him, period. Yeah, I... because if you if you look at what Chuck Fletcher now he'll have two drafts by the time that they could sign Wyatt Wiley, right? I mean, he's already bringing his own crop of you know prospects and defensemen in, and it, I'm just afraid he's going to let somebody like Wyatt Wiley just go by the wayside. It stinks, and you hate to see it because Wiley has a tremendous amount of potential. Um, it, sometimes it's just the casualty of the switch, you know, and. Right, those things happen. I hope it doesn't happen this time around, but that remains to be seen. Um, any right. anybody else surprise you out of those guys? No, I mean I know some people wanted to see you know a few of those amateur tryouts pan out. You know, Mika Sear was a name that you kept hearing. I just think that they didn't stand out enough to kind of like jump over what was already in the prospect pool. I mean, we just don't need more of the same. We have so many prospects, and a lot of those guys fall into that, especially forwards, fall into that like bottom six potential mm-hmm. that like you're not looking at anything different with a guy like Mika Sear. Yeah, I know our guy Jamie was very high on Mika Sear, and rightfully so. I mean, the guy's very fast. Um, right. But again, like you said, there's only so many guys that we can have in the system that have the same amount of potential and have been tabbed as that. And in a different prospect pool, that guy's getting signed. I just oh, yeah. think that, you know, it just the cards were not in play, whatever the stupid saying is, um, for him because of just all the talent that we already have. Yeah, the chips didn't fall in his direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if we're going to move on from there, the night after that, on Thursday night, the Flyers were taking on Boston, the Boston Bruins, and Boston fielded kind of a eh type of lineup there nothing crazy they didn't have their big guns out there I think their biggest guy they had was DeBrusque and maybe Bacchus if you want to count Bacchus now even though he's like 70 Um, but I mean dude talk about a disappointment that was that left a lot 
It was a garbage game. Yeah, it was bad. It's yep. it just the the team, you can draw some positives and say that this guy played well, that guy played well. I mean, Morgan Frost had a tremendous sequence, like in a matter of two or three seconds where he deflected it, and it bounced off to the right of Halak, and Morgan Frost went to jam it back in, and Halak just made a, an insane save. Like, that's save of the year right there, and the regular season hasn't even started yet. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um but other than that, it's like, I guess, is there anything really you took away from this game? I don't know. I mean, I try to not put too much stock in preseason games at all. But there was just something really off about this team that night. They just looked really bad. Yeah. I did like in the third period there was a lot of physicality. Um, it all started with Chris Guolo getting hit, and then right after that, bang, 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 Niskanen, Couturier, and Myers all responded with hits of their own, which yep. was kind of cool to see. Um, you still see Farabee out there. I mean, he's fast. He's hustling. Uh, you can see the frustration on his face after he tried to contest an icing call, um, it, and it was close. I think Farabee could have beat the Bruin defender to the puck, but... It zooms in on his face right after that, after the whistle, and you see the frustration on his face, and he's just like, you know, damn, I could have had that, and right, that's nice. Well, that's to what see. you want to see, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Um, one last thing, Ghost's defensive game to me seems like it's getting much better. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. You can tell that he was not happy with last season. He wasn't happy with all the talk about him getting traded. He really went out and worked. Oh yeah, and that's you know that's not him. He's only two years removed from sixty-five points. Right. Um, the questions surrounding his defensive game obviously are warranted, but you can also tell that he's made those strides. And I think that having the coaches they have now holding these players accountable is going to help immensely. Talk about a segue. And to that segue, we go to <laughs> the roster cuts that occurred on Friday. Friday's roster cuts, um, would you like to rattle these off or you want me to keep well, rolling? No, I mean I could rattle them off. But first of all, this was a lot earlier than people were expecting this many roster cuts. It so was. this kind of came as a surprise. But we had – and my apologies if I butcher names. I, I know I'm supposed to be a professional here, but that doesn't change the fact that I stink at names. Kyle Crisquillo. Crisquillo? Crisquillo. 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 Whatever. Yeah. We know who for is. one, Nate Prosser, Tyler Wotherspoon, TJ Brennan, and Reese Wilcox were all put on waivers, and they all cleared. Yes, sir. Right? So they're just going to Lehigh Valley. I mean, any of those guys mm. that you're like, ah, I wanted to see a little bit more of? Not really. We kind of know what we have in most of them. So Right. They're, they're AHL people. Absolutely. And then you got Isaac Ratcliffe, LaBerge, Sushko, Strom, Greg Carey, David Kasha, Cal O'Reilly, Jerry Fitzgerald, David Drake, Josh Couturier, Rob Mitchell, Felix Sandstrom, and Kirill Ustamenko all assigned to Lehigh Valley. Yes, and they did not have to clear waivers, which is good. They're all back with the Phantoms now, and I'll get to cover them. I can't wait. I know you you got a nice pool of young forwards man i'm man i'm licking my chops this year this is gonna be a good one was there anybody though that you felt like you wanted to see a little bit more of um you and i talked about this a little bit before we went live here um it would have been nice to see a little more from ratcliffe but i think it's one more year give the kid one more year we'll see 
he's just not ready. I mean, he's somebody who's just clearly going to benefit from a year in Lehigh Valley. Yeah, and really the only other guy for me that I would have liked to see more of, and it's for selfish reasons, I would have liked to see Sandstrom more just because that one game that I did really catch him play, he looked great. And I just want to see him play well again to reaffirm my stance on him. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think it would have been nice to see him play one more time. And I don't know if there would have been any harm in keeping him there. But I just feel like they were doing all this to prove a point. One person I was impressed with, though, Maxim Sushko. Oh, yeah? I, I was kind of down on him after his last year with Owen Sound. I mean, he kind of plateaued. Um, I just thought he was going to get lost in Lehigh Valley. He would just be like a whatever kind of player. But I thought he really made his presence known. And there were just some times when he was on the ice where he impressed me. Yeah, and it's, I, I love that part about camp because there's typically one to one to two guys that will do that. That you They right. come in, they're like, uh, you know, just another name. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, you know, I, I, I see you. I see you out there. Yeah, so I mean, it would be great. I mean, if he's going to be in the NHL, I don't think it's at the end of this year. I'd say he's probably at least two years in Lehigh Valley. But all good signs in those, you know, two games that we saw of him. Oh, absolutely. Um, another one, I guess. Again, for selfish reasons, I would have liked to see Kirillus Stamenko somewhat redeem himself in net after the rookie game. But yeah, he'll have plenty of chance to do so. Uh, I believe, and this is obviously speculation on my part, but with uh, with Reading this year, because it appears that the crease in Lehigh Valley is going to be pretty crowded as well. Yeah, I mean, there's no way he could be in Lehigh Valley too, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how feasible it is to really carry four goalies. I mean, ugh, that's got to be messy. Three. Carrying yeah. three is almost stupid. I like the Barube thing. Still, just doesn't make sense to me. I know that's still one of the most perplexing things that happened leading up to this training camp and in the off season altogether. And it's just maybe it's just another veteran presence there for him. But at what quality? You know, I don't. I've never been sold on the guy. I've dug up his stats and his track record where he's been. He's played for damn near half the AHL at this point, and he's not that old. Right. So. Yeah. I mean. Who knows? Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, (laughs) But to segue from that, and like you said before, we even touched on some of these guys, what spurned these roster cuts to happen so quickly, uh, we have a few comments here from the new Flyers head coach, Elaine Vigneault. Um, In an article by Jordan Hall from NBC Sports Philly, We have a couple quotes from Vigneault, and one is, quote, Between the 25 and the 30 players that I feel right now have the best chance maybe making this team, instead of waiting until Monday, Tuesday's practice, we're going to be at that number. And then in parentheses, it says Saturday. End quote. Which he accomplished. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, and he kind of dives into a little bit more why, right? He does. He says then... Quote, after looking at the last couple days, I feel that this is a different situation than I've been used to in the past. I've been used to coming to camp in the past, and my teams have been in the playoffs. Usually I give the veteran players three of the six or seven games that we play. I feel at this time our veteran players need more games than I originally planned. I'm going from the three that I planned to four, and some might even get five out of the seven. 
I'm going on the amount of teaching that we're doing. There's a lot there. There's a lot to be assimilated by the players. I'm going by what I'm seeing about the players' performance, how they're executing, and I just feel at this time we need to make a change, and that's what we're doing, end quote. Can I tell you something? This is proactive and intelligent. 100%. He he doesn't care like what he had done in the past. He understands the situation of this team. He knows it's a new system, and he also knows who's going to be playing on his roster for the most part. So get those guys on the ice so they're a hundred percent ready for the regular season, which is something the Flyers have not been ready for <laughs> in no, the past. Absolutely not. And I guess he he says, and I'm going to paraphrase some of these because I'm getting tired of reading it verbatim. Um, with the new staff coming in, a lot of stuff they need to touch on. They need to get guys into these games. Um, what he's decided to do is just kind of accelerate the process and make it move faster. Because at the end of the day, logistically thinking, you want the guys that are going to be on your opening night roster to get the experience that they need in this new system so that they're not out there like chickens with their heads cut off. Right. I mean, and... Preseason doesn't have to be an opportunity to just look at guys who aren't going to be uh, the ro- on the roster. You're right. You know, like if it needs to be preparation for the regular season, then that's what it should be used as. Yeah, it's this isn't a quote or this isn't a statement that I'm about to make that is meant to coddle people. Um, but he wants the players that are worthwhile having in camp because the players that are worthwhile are going to be the ones that are playing. The people that he exactly. sent down already aren't going to be on the roster, frankly, and that's just how it happens. That's how it is. Right. I I a hundred percent like him coming out and saying this stuff. I mean, it's a smart move. It is, and it's nice seeing a coach that isn't afraid to say that because you know we all knew Hackstall, we all knew his type of coaching, and I, the only time I ever saw him get fired up was when I asked him a question after the one Penguins playoff game, and he like his version of snapping at me. And I'm like, okay, Dave, take it easy, pal. And then he immediately was like, no, I didn't, I didn't mean it like that. I'm like, nah, I heard you loud and clear, pal. Right. And then I yeah. went to uh, Holmgren and said, this guy needs to go now. And boom, here we are. Well, there it is. So you're yeah. welcome, Philadelphia. Well, no, we need fire, man. I mean, Hackstall. Oh, you know, I just I don't really know how to coach. So miss- I'm going to go out here and uh yeah it's gonna be all right because uh we're patient here in philadelphia yeah, and uh we we you know we may not make the playoffs or anything but uh, if we don't <laughs> that just uh gives me more time to go wakeboarding you know right you know what i really like about video <laughs> how he says process Pro- Dude, was a process if you, if, if you can say process and sound like a badass you you get an a plus in my book I, I, again, he is endearing himself to this fan base very quickly, <laughs> a lot quicker than it. Hackstall did. Yeah, yeah, um, that process never really worked out. No, it didn't. Um, no. And, again, we come from a time period where we've been preached patience and patience and patience. And I think having a guy like Vino come in now and say, no, this is balls to the wall, we're going to win, and we're going to win now – is right. just such a breath of fresh air, and some people aren't ready for that, but others are like, lay it on me, inject it into my veins, let's do this now. You know, 
And I think the thing too is that some people, right, they want to just jump on that. Oh, he only likes the veterans argument, but it's not like he kept some of these veterans that you know shouldn't make the team. Like yeah. the, there's still some young guys on here that still have a legitimate shot of making the team. It's like he kept the real people around. Oh yeah, and I mean, if we're gonna, I guess. There's only really one more thing I wanted to add, and it's one of the last quotes that Jordan Hall put into his piece here. And he says, he asked Vino a question, and the way I wrote it down here says, quote, they don't have a choice. That's just the way it is. And this was Vino's response to a question when asked if his track record would allow him to make this change and have it stick with the players. I, I like it. Yes, I love it. I yep. love that mentality. I'm the coach. You're the player. You play in my system. And if you don't, your ass is sitting on the bench. Right. I mean, Jesus, it'd be nice if people did this in real life. You know, when people are the boss, they kind of get to be the boss. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Let them do your yeah. thing, you know. Exactly. I love that. Oh, I love it. Yes. This, I mean, he was hired as the head coach. Right, he's gonna run things the way he wants to run things, and he's running them. And you either, you know, fall in line, or like you said, ride the pine. Fall in line or ride the pine. Yes. Say it uh, again. Oh yeah, fall in line or ride the pine. <laughs> oh, we get right, better we and better just go now. <laughs> yeah, we're signing off. Just kidding. We have more to talk about. But as for the more to talk about here. We get to the Rangers game from Saturday night. Yep. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I didn't. I pulled a John Gove here and didn't watch a ton of it. Well, I, I pulled a John Gove and didn't watch a ton of it either. <laughs> but I did rewatch some of it earlier in the day today, uh, as in uh-huh. Sunday. And I could tell you right now, even just from watching the first period, I just observed a few things. And one might be a bit controversial. Um given your comments about this individual last week. But Uh-oh. the more and more I see from Chris Stewart, the more and more I think that he just isn't cut out for the Flyers. I, I really don't believe he is. Um, he, he again, uh, partook in a fight against another guy from the Rangers that was on a PTO, dominated the guy. You know, it goes without saying because he's, what, six-something, six-foot-something, 240? Right. You expect it at that point. But he took a really bad penalty along the boards, uh, came into a scrum on the boards and just cross-checked this guy in the back. They called it interference. He can't do that without not putting up points. Exactly. I mean, what I said last week, right, was that he was getting himself noticed by putting in that fight. But that was also last week. Like, he has to show something else, too, because... That part of the game, you can't make the NHL just being a fighter anymore. You're right. Those days are long gone. And the physicality is great. I love it. I think that there's always going to be a place for that type of physicality in the game. But He's just it, too dependent on it. Exactly. I couldn't have put it any better myself. Yeah. Um, but if I just uh, kind of snowballing off that, a couple other general observations. The Rangers' power play in the first period looked pretty good. Like, pretty good. And... Mm-hmm. Carter Hart stopped every shot that came his way in both the first and the second period. So even with the Flyers' penalty kill being kind of meh, that just goes to show Carter Hart's back there. 
And it, uh, man, the penalty the penalty kill is looking a little better. It, I don't think they've allowed a power play goal at all this year or in preseason right. so far. I should say. Yeah, I, I'm just going to say you're correct on that. I'm not 100 percent sure, but what, from what I've seen, though, it, yeah. I mean, it it looks better. It does, and to you know, I guess to pull a you and say to pump the brakes a bit, we are still playing in the preseason. They we Definitely. aren't at the point where these. Uh, penalty killing lines are set. We haven't right. seen what they're going to look like on opening night, and they're also playing against not quite NHL talent. Definitely, right. I mean, but still, of course, it's nice. It's nice to see signs. It's a positive draw, you know. Sign, sign everywhere. The sign. I don't know any of the other words. We made it twenty-four and a half minutes until John started singing. Oh well. <laughs> It's a record, I think. Is it? I probably not, but whatever. probably not. Uh, typically, I wait till it's the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I'll give I'm you sure, another one later on if if, yeah. if you weren't happy with that one. Like I was going to say, I'm sure we're going to hear it again. So to hopefully, you know, speed through this process so John doesn't do it again. I was listen, pretty impressed. Listen, Derek, you fall in listen, line, Linda. Listen, Linda, <laughs> fall in line or ride the pine. All right. I. Don't know anything else that rhymes with that, or else I'd have a wittier comeback. Anyway, keep going, Ben. I'm Anyways, sorry. I I did enjoy watching the Flyers' first power play unit with Giroux, JVR, Voracek, and Konechny. Mm-hmm. I again, I couldn't identify the defenseman. I can only assume that it was Provorov, probably, um, or Niskanen, really, for that matter. I would have loved to see Sanheim, but that's just me. <laughs> And probably 90% of Flyers fandom here, but right, it looked good. They had good puck movement. Uh, even away from the puck, the forwards were moving around, getting open, and looking for the open areas of the ice. And that goal off a of Trubis skate um, that JVR scored, it, it, he still had his stick down and got it on the puck, and it was a great feed as well. So mm-hmm. even the Hayes goal, great redirect by him, uh, great screens in front as well. So I like I like the Torrensi goal. Oh God, that was gorgeous. You think he makes the team? I've been very I shouldn't say adamant, maybe vocals the better word to describe it. I don't think he does. No, me neither. I I there's like this fan part of me that's like, oh, wouldn't that be a great story? I just can't see it. Exactly. No, I know exactly what you mean because that's how I feel too. But I just I don't know. It's tough to explain for me. I just, with the hype around the guys like Farabee and Frost, and now even Rubsov, if 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 the guy we're talking about here in the next couple minutes stays out injured, maybe right. would it be right. feasible to think that he does plug into that uh, that fourth line role? I think so. But could we end up like falling into another Vorobiev trap where like the preseason and training camp makes it looks like look like this guy's ready and then in reality he's not. God, I hope not. I'm so sick and tired of that crap. Well, no, I know, and I it's not the same thing. I just he was the best example that I had. No, you're right. I, I don't mean that directed towards you. <laughs> right. But but before we uh before we go on to any next topic, mm-hmm. would you mind telling the listeners why you weren't watching the game? Today or on no, Friday on night? Sat- Saturday, Saturday night. I'm sorry. <laughs> you were you were you were watching a movie, weren't you? I was. Um, what what was that movie? 
I to tell you the truth, I can't remember the name <laughs> of the movie. It, it, it was in English. Um, the title was the title was in English. And what John Gove is getting at right now is that my wife and I are big scary movie fans. We love watching movies that you know would scare a typical person. And we Listen, decided well, to watch. Wait, this. Hold on, before you go, are you I've let me tell, tell the damn story? You. Good no, God! Actually, no, I'm not because you have to. So Derek texts me. He's like, "Dude, are you going to be able to watch the game tonight? Because my wife wants to have a movie night." And I was like, "Oh, Notre Dame and Georgia are playing, but it's preseason, man. Just watch a movie with your wife. You know, family time's important." Okay. So you can tell Derek kind of wanted to watch this game a little bit, but he's biting a bullet because he's a good husband. Eh. Now tell <laughs> the main part of this movie that just made me laugh really hard. <laughs> so my wife did some research and found this movie, and it sounded great. I was looking forward to it. <laughs> we sit down to watch it. I turn it on. It starts rolling through the beginning sequence, and I'm looking at the credits of like the director, the producer, the videographers, and this and that, and I'm like... None of these names look like names. Are pronounceable. Exactly. It's like, you know, the Finnish hockey team that I look at. And I'm like, I can't I can't pronounce any of these guys' names. And, you know, there's some, like, mumbling here and there. Um, the opening scene was a murder scene, or a suicide scene, I should say. This woman, like, hung herself in a church. It, it's, I shouldn't say gruesome, but not for the right. faint of heart. Right. But then it gets to the opening scene. And it's these, you know, middle-aged people on a boat. They're going to renovate a B&B, Airbnb, okay. on an island. Well, folks, this island is Iceland. <laughs> and I can tell you they're not speaking English. I don't know Beautiful. what it was. I don't know what language it was because I'm not familiar. I can guarantee you, though, with 100% certainty, it was not English. <laughs> Derek texts me and there are a few explicits in this but he's like this movie has subtitles I don't want to read during a movie right I mean listen I'd like to say we're intelligent dudes but we're not film snobs no. by any means if I gotta read a movie just give me the book I'm not a hipster I'm not one of those guys <laughs> that is going to sit here and say listen I only and I mean only Watch movies that have subtitles. I'm not a dick, to put <laughs> oh it frankly. God. I Don't get me wrong. I'm, if the movie was in English, I probably would be here saying I loved it and it was a great movie. I fell asleep. I can't pay attention to <laughs> movies I have to read. I'm only, re I'm only reading it so that I can't see what's happening. And half the time, I spent texting John because I'm like, this is BS. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. I fell asleep. My wife had to tell me everything that happened in it, which it sounded like it was a great movie again. Did she regurgitate it in what? I, what is the Icelandic um, language? I don't know. I will have to talk to Wolf Stenson from uh, Mighty Ducks or something. He can tell us. Okay. Or Wolf. Er right. What's the name? The, the dentist. His name was the dentist. The dentist? You D2 Mighty Ducks. Yeah, I know what you're talking about from Iceland. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't his name Gunner or something or other? No, that was the player. I'm talking the coach, Wolf uh, something. They called him uh, a dentist. He was a jerk. He was, but man, apparently he was pretty good when he played pro against uh, Gordon Bombay and took him out by the knees. Should we talk about Nolan Patrick? <laughs> Let's talk about Nolan Patrick. <laughs> so, I mean, that was quite the, <laughs> the trip down the side road. <laughs> it was. I mean, we got some time. We'll keep everybody entertained here for a bit, but... Um, getting back to real hockey and not hockey and movies, 
we want to talk about everything surrounding the Nolan Patrick, um, what have you. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> uh, me neither. It's so vid. Yeah, it's 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 vid. Um, <laughs> it's just a situation. We'll call it a situation. <laughs> yep. Um, late last night, as I found out, Nolan Patrick has deleted all of his social media. Not Twitter. Not just Twitter. But everything apparently, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe he's just sick of seeing all your crap on on Twitter. You know, talking about him because, quite frankly, we all are. Me? Um, no, uh, you, the listener, you guy, oh, you listening right now, pal. Say, I don't guy, think I said that a Nolan Patrick tweet. No, I'm not talking time. to you. Listen, pal, you listening on the subway, you listening <laughs> in your car, you're the reason. You did this. This is your so, fault. Is he hurt? Apparently, it's an upper body injury, but he was not injured enough to partake in a golf tournament last weekend. Hmm. It's all very strange, and nobody's provided anything. Nothing. There's been – now, I did read today, um, Adam Kimmelman from NHL.com said that around 1 p.m. today on Sunday, he came out and said that Fletcher has addressed the Patrick situation and said that they will have an update sometime in the middle of this week upcoming. But why are we waiting so long? Suspense, baby. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, hopefully this version's in English. But, oh, Jesus. <laughs> but I, man, I don't even know. I, I don't know what to make of this. I really don't. I mean, right now, it's just like the speculation wheels are just turning. Oh, yeah. And we're going to get to that later because you're going to love my wait what here. Oh, we're doing a wait what? I'm going to do it if you don't have one. Oh, I have one in the reserve. Well, we're going to do it then because you'll enjoy this one. But for now, um, a week or two ago, there was a video that Jordan Hall posted of Patrick practicing uh, just by himself, no contact. But he looked fresh. He looked good. He looked quick and sharp and... I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, could, I, I don't even want to really go there, but could it be like some sort of like his psyche? Like is something going on or, you know, he's not happy with the current situation? His buddy, Travis Konechny's back. I don't understand what could be wrong. <laughs> I mean, and he's got no – he has no leverage where he could be like, hey, like I'm not playing type deal, right? Like – well, can, he, he can't his, do that. He's he's under contract. You're right. Now his contract expires at the end of this season, I believe. But still, like this isn't the NFL. This isn't Zeke Elliott. Right. This is Nolan Patrick. We're talking about here. But can they even do that? I don't like, think so. Like I think they would probably get quite penalized if that's the case. I don't think that they have that like the NFL does. You're right. I think there's some sort of fine involved or I don't know, suspension. I feel like a suspension just feeds into their case. Um, But it's, I guess, um, let me see here. Sam Carcitti came out on Saturday and said that quote from his tweet, AV says he doesn't know if he'll and he'll meaning Patrick will be ready for the opener. It doesn't sound promising. So there's Carcitti fanning the flames. Right. Um, but, but again, it doesn't sound promising. Yeah. He, he's, he's not going to be ready for the, if we're going to address this in the middle of this week, 
and their season opener is the next Friday, there's no way. If if we were worried about Travis Konechny falling behind and missing, what, all but two days of training camp, right. Nolan Patrick has missed two weeks. And AV is very clear that he wants these people to learn his system. <clears throat> and Nolan Patrick has been at the facility, so I'm sure that he's sitting there either watching film or listening in on these meetings and these get-togethers, right. so I'm sure he's familiar with it at, at the very least. But there's a difference between being familiar with it from observing it and playing in it. Sure. 100%. Yeah. It's just – it's. I don't want to dive too much into it because we'll just you know, feed the speculative zombies that are out there. Yeah. But it's just a bizarre situation that I was kind of hoping that we wouldn't be involved in, especially since we got rid of the whole Provorov and Konechny problem. It is, and a lot of people think that it's a concussion. I've seen that a lot everywhere, but you know, even with a concussion, I obviously golf isn't a very physical sport, but they uh, probably the team would have told them not to play. <clears throat> exactly. You're exactly right. So, again, we don't want to feed the speculative flames. We don't want to you know, make something up that isn't true. This is all just kind of our opinion on it. But it, I am, uh, I guess to go back to our couple episodes a few ago that we talked scales here, on a scale of 1 to 10, how worried are you? I'm going to go 9. I'm going 10, man. I just didn't want to go 10, but I mean, I'm kind of there. I mean, I don't know that. how you're... I don't know how you're not worried about this. Like you, you have to be. Yeah, that's like, our three C right there. Right, he completely blows up the plan. Yeah, <laughs> if he doesn't play, it, it it amazes me that we've gone from worrying and stressing about Provorov signing a contract, then he signs. Then we're worried about Konechny because the contract talks haven't gone well, and then he signs, and then everybody's like, "It's all good in Flyerland. Everything's fine. There's rainbows coming out of unicorns' butts, and everybody's happy." And now this. I, what is this? The bottom half of this team even look like if Nolan Patrick isn't there? I don't know, but I'm about to call Chuck up and tell him I'm available. <laughs> I mean, Scott Lawton playing three C is not ideal. It's not, and neither is a guy like Pitlick if if he's healthy. So, I, do you turn to a prospect? I, I feel like you have to. That's Q Yerman Rupsob's music. Ugh. No, <laughs> I'm okay with it for the for, for a short term. Uh, Morgan, okay, okay. I want Morgan. I think Frost still makes it, but I think he would make it on the wing because I think Rubsov's going to play center. Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing, though, man. I think more than one of them's going to make it at this point. If if Nolan Patrick's not playing, that entire bottom half might just be prospects. Yeah. So, how many spots are open right now? Can you tell me off the top of your head? So. We have fourth line wing, assuming yep. that there's Lawton and Raffle. And then you have three C and three right wing. So that's three spots right there. Who are the three guys that are taking those spots for you? Crap. You don't have to specify the position. Just give me the three guys you think are going to make it. I think it's really tough. I mean, I'm going to go knack on the fourth line, Abe Kubel. Just because I think that he's kind of built more for the fourth line than the other guys. Okay. And I'm sticking with the fact that I don't want Rubstoff, Farabee, or Frost 
on the fourth line. I'd rather them just play in the AHL. Agreed. And then I just, I don't know, man. Like, do you put Frost and Farabee because there's kind of that, like, chemistry there? But that's a young line. <coughs> like, that's way too inexperienced. Like, that's the problem. I really don't know how this is going to look good. I could give you my three right now. Okay. I think you're right on the fourth line with Albie Kubel. Okay. He's got, uh, albeit not much, but some NHL experience. Right. And he plays big. So having him in a fourth line capacity could work. And I think as far as the third line spots go, center, like I said, I think Rupstov takes center. The winger position, I think, is going to be Farabee's to lose. No knock on Frost. Right. But it's been said Frost should be, you know, they, they were thinking about, is he going to be able to play center at the NHL level? Are we going to have to transition him to wing it's going to be a, a more seamless transition having Farabee play it because that's his natural position than getting Frost used to it on the fly. So for the time I, being, I think Farabee's the better choice. So I, I'm okay with that, but my concern still lies in the fact that you're going to have two rookies on the third line, and then like yeah, you're going to have to put JVR on the third line just so they have somebody with you know some a plethora of experience. So are you opposed to then bumping Farabee to the top line and putting Konechny on the third or second line and making moves accordingly? No, I guess not. We've seen him play. Uh, He plays pretty well with Couturier and Giroux. Right. I mean, it's a good line to put him with because, I mean, it's Couturier and Giroux. Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah, you'd have to do some some finagling but like then yeah. can then but then we're going in the same problem with Konechny right the guy deserves more ice time yeah I it, it's a mess if Nolan Patrick doesn't play 3C then I hope that they have some ace in the hole because it really messes with things yeah I, do, I, I don't think that it does the team any sort of service to have both Rubstoff and Farabee or Rubstoff and Frost or Frost and Farabee in a position, uh, you know, on this team. Yeah. They shouldn't be playing a line together because they need some vets that are going to be able to kind of guide them. Right. Yeah. Um, so without diverting further away from the topic that we initially started with, anything else you'd like to add to this Nolan Patrick situation, John? Uh, not really. I mean, I think I've made it pretty clear that if he's not going to play, it, it's going to be a mess. You right. know, I mean, and I'll say one more time, like we want young players to earn the spot. And I feel like having Nolan Patrick not there then might rush somebody to step up just because they have to. You're right. I think it's just such a precarious position because of these injuries and the uncertainty surrounding them, to be frank. Um, yeah. So, man, who knows? I just let's just keep let's just move on before one of us says something stupid. Which, let's be honest, <laughs> it's happened already thirty times for me. <laughs> um, All right. The only other news that we have is that earlier today, Sunday, that being uh, Jean-Francois Berube has been sent down and put on waivers. I should say put on waivers with the purpose of being sent to Lehigh Valley. John, does he clear? I hope not. 
<laughs> yeah, I think he'll clear, but that'd be yeah. great. It, talk about doing us a favor, right? <laughs> so, I mean, any team out there, if if you're looking for a incredibly subpar AHL goaltender, we've got one. Yes, we do. And without further ado, folks, last week we didn't really touch on this, so this week we're bringing it back. What the? F- Our wait, what is back? Yeah, boy. This week we've got some interesting stuff. I touched on mine a bit here. Um, But, John, do you have one in the can that we can talk about? Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, I I follow prospects. That's what I do. Um, So I try to watch prospects the most that I can. And the best way of doing that is getting various TV packages, you know. Mm -hmm. So three days before the – three CHL leagues opened, they finally put up the prices to their WHL, OHL, and QMJHL packages three days before the season starts. Okay. Now you can't get like a CHL package. You either have to get the WHL, the OHL, or the QMJHL. And if you're made of money, you can buy all three, but that would be silly. The (laughs) price for these things a hundred and seventy nine dollars. Granted, it's Canadian. A hundred and seventy nine Canadian dollars for the full package for all three leagues. No, for oh, one. Oh, just league. for one league. Good yeah. lord. So you can't. I. I don't. While I'm talking, if you want to maybe convert it into U.S. American, if you want to like type it into the computer. But the AHL package. Including playoffs, so the OHL and all those don't include playoffs. That's ninety nine dollars for all the teams. I'm pretty sure. If you do the NHL package um, for all the teams, that's like a hundred and fifty dollars. I got it. Okay, one hundred and seventy nine Canadian dollars is equal yep. to one hundred and thirty four dollars and eighty nine cents in American currency. Now. I guess that sounds a little better, but when you're thinking about it, and these aren't great productions either. Like, if you watch some of the games in northern Canada, I remember one time last year, one of the games, like, all of a sudden just turned to the History Channel. What? <laughs> yeah, just all of a sudden, like, Ice Road Truckers was on. Oh, good God. I've heard, I've read things where, like, people, they just didn't get to see the third period. Like, it just stopped. Because, you know, you're looking at some of these home broadcasts and some of these places are really in like the deep woods. So their production's not great. Um, it's like a it high school blow- production. And how are you supposed to build the game when you're like, hey, we're going to make you pay 130 something dollars to watch the young kids? That's yeah, it's, that's pretty bad. It's crazy. I mean, I think it should be similar to the AHL, and I think that the CHL should just do one big thing. So you get the WHL, the OHL, and the QMJHL in one package for $99. And heck, if you don't want to include the playoffs, don't include the playoffs. But I think that that's how you build the game. Yeah, it's got to be affordable to 90% of the people that want to watch because $134 US is outrageous. Especially when primarily these people want to watch it just for like one or two players that's on their NHL team's prospect pool, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. I mean, please tell me you didn't get it. (laughs) 
So let's go on to your uh, your weight what? <laughs> you oh my god, we're gonna talk about this later. But yes, my weight what? Um, <laughs> I, I was scouring Twitter today looking for some quotes uh, to do with you know the Nolan Patrick situation, to do with Vino's quotes on the team altogether, and I came across this little tidbit here, and I thought I'd have a go at it because, folks. Prepare to be entertained. There's a, a Twitter account with a couple followers, and I mean a couple as in 45. Um, they say, rumors swirling about Nolan Patrick. Seems that he is definitely in play. Word is, he is a, quote, diva. And as I have reported, he has been in play with the Jets for line A. Winnipeg also wants Myers, and the hashtag Flyers are reluctant to add him, plus money doesn't add up for Philly. Next tweet, regardless if hashtag Jets and hashtag Flyers can come to a deal, there are issues with Nolan Patrick in Philly. Let me be clear, and this is obviously opinion, I really don't think Nolan Patrick is the type of guy that's going to be a diva. I could be wrong, sure. but Derek, this guy has 45 followers. He clearly knows what he's talking about. Yeah, this is another one of those Sabres buzz uh, tools that you know thinks is, they've got sources. Is there at least a picture of this person on no. the Twitter account? No, it of is course a, not. It is a graphic worse than ours, which isn't saying much because <laughs> ours is beautiful because I designed it. But it's... I don't even know why I'm wasting my time talking about this because the dude's an idiot and that I really don't see there being a trade involving Nolan Patrick. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And so be it. I'll admit it. Don't see it happening. And I don't think it's going to happen for line A because the Jets are hurting when it comes to cap space. They still have to sign Connor. And if they're going to include more players, it's just going to keep driving that price up to the point where Winnipeg cannot afford it. Oh, no. I mean, stop with this. <laughs> listen, like, when there's – when you don't know, a, like, what's going on with a player, right? Like we said, those speculation wheels are going to be turning. So one of the more obvious things to kind of jump to is, like, well, what if he's unhappy Patrick Line is unhappy. Like maybe there's a trade to be had, but like it's all just speculation and it's all just our brains moving. Like there's nothing to this at all. Yeah. There's no sources. I guarantee it. If this guy says he's got sources, he's lying. He's a, he's a chucklehead. He's a chucklehead in its simplest form. Right. Let's do some superlatives, man. Let's do it. Guys, we pose this question Early last week and wanted superlatives. We're talking high school yearbook superlatives. The most likely to blank. And yep. we got some good ones here, and I'm interested. Our first one comes from frequent question asker, Papa John. Papa John says, most likely to be claimed on waivers. Well, <clears throat> to me, this one's obvious. Sam Moran. Yeah, I think you're right. And the piece that I wrote earlier this week touches on that. Been yeah, but you don't know it. But you don't know what you're talking about because you like the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, I wear an Orioles hat in my photo. I I obviously don't know anything about the Flyers, so <laughs> take my opinion with a grain of salt. But also, do you agree with me though? It's yeah. definitely Morin. It is. It's yeah. Morin. 
Yeah. Um, unless obvious, the obvious choices like you're not sending Giroud, you're not sending Voracek. Right. Those right. guys would immediately, but not happening. So Morin. Um, next one comes from Benjamin Maluski. Benjamin states the most likely flyer to get locked in a closet. <laughs> All right, I have one. Do you want to go first, or if you've got one, go for it? Because I'm still thinking. Scott Lawton, by his own hand, <laughs> he'll just be like, "You know what I want to do today? Because I think it could get dangerous." <laughs> uh, I want to lock myself in a closet with a bunch of bees. <laughs> <laughs> the man obviously lives on the edge. <laughs> so yeah it's Scott Lawton by his own hand this would have been great if McDonald was still on the team <laughs> right uh, um, most likely to lock themselves in a closet I'm gonna say Tyler Pitlick and he'll probably get injured in the process okay <laughs> um, you know injury history ha 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 hilarious yeah, no, I get it real funny yeah <laughs> um, we have two here from fellow PSN writer Alec Costaval. Mm-hmm. Alex's first is most likely to have eaten crayons in kindergarten. <laughs> I love this. I love it. Oh, do you want to do it first then? I'm going to do it first. All right. Connect me. All right. He just seems like that kid that like everybody couldn't stand in high school and he'd do it just to get other people to laugh at him. <laughs> I but, just, but, he's, but it was kindergarten. Yeah, but like you said, high school. Uh, not high school. I'm sorry. He's he just seems like that kid that you know, like every everybody knows that kid from kindergarten that would do stuff just to make people laugh and like right. the really dumb stuff. That's connecting in my head. All right, I'm Sean Couturier. <laughs> I'm just I picturing a it. five-year-old Sean Couturier still with no two front teeth, just munching on crayons. She's just like a little, it's like, Sean, you got a little, a little purple in your gums. You wearing lipstick today, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just chewing on some crayons. <laughs> oh. Well, we're going to move on to the next one from Alec here. Alec says, most likely to nurse a beer over the course of an hour. <laughs> These All are right. gold. Oscar Limblom. Just because I'm not really convinced that he drinks beer. He kind of looks like somebody who drinks, like, passion fruits. I'm going to say Travis Sanheim. Okay. Just like that. Because he's not old enough. <laughs> that too, yeah. Well, I could, you could say Carter Hart to that extent. Right, yeah. I could, I could see it. I could also see, like, on the flip side of that, I could see partying with Brian Elliott and him just crushing beers. Right. Right? Like, I think that'd be great. All right, next one. Next one, I'm a little confused by this because this was, it seems Eagles-centric. Okay. Uh, Chris Jeffrey says, Ronald Darby, most likely to be served with peanut with butter and jelly. Um, so I'm assuming he's talking toast um, because, you know, you serve toast with butter and jelly. Right. So but could we say most likely toast? <laughs> does that mean like done? Like, like as in... Burnt as in just 
like you know when you're like football obviously it's the mm-hmm. common term you know a cornerback gets just burnt right. by the receiver and they call him toast he just got burnt by the receiver okay oh man uh robert Higg, i oh, guess I spot on spot okay on. Yeah. all right okay now these two these next two and last two i should say come from nat Marlowe and Nat Marlowe, being part of Yellow Jacket Media, I should say, he asks for the first one, most likely to actually go to the Area 51 raid. Can you explain this Area 51 raid thing? Because I don't like looking at the news, but I've heard a few things about this. What is this? This thing came up months ago, and people were like, we want to set the aliens free. We need to go to Area 51 and raid it and set the aliens free. Like, you know, let's get a bunch of ETs walking around here. That's all right. bad idea. Um, right. And so I believe it was Friday. It was like... It turned into a big, like, merch sale. Like, everybody set up tents and was like, buy merchandise, like, Area 51 raid, and it was nothing. Oh. I think they said one person got arrested, and it was probably okay. just because they were high on acid or something, and they were just like, set the aliens free, man. Um, oh. But, all right. yeah, it turned into a, a big nothing, really. Um, just probably maybe 100, 200 people joining up and hanging out outside of Area 51. It's like a tailgate. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna go with uh, partying in Ottawa, Claude Giroux. I could see it. Yeah, just like hey, let's go smack some cops' asses at Area 51. Interesting take. I like it. How about you? I'm gonna go Michael Raffle. Okay. <laughs> I can see Raffle wanting to set some ETs free. Definitely. <laughs> All right. To cap off our superlative segment here. Nat's last one, and I'm going to preface this because these memes that have been sent out over Facebook, Twitter, and everything, I am dying. They are the funniest things I've seen in a long time. I have no idea what you're talking about. I like to go into these cold, so I haven't read this thing. What are you talking about? You know Takashi69, the guy that's like on trial right now, and apparently he's snitching everybody out, like selling everybody out to make sure his jail time is the least amount possible? Takashi69? He's one of those guys who got a face tattoo and was like, I'm a rapper now. Oh. It's one of those. I might have to Google him. Let me see. Takashi. Be prepared. It's oh Jesus! Right. Also, apparently, he's a kitty toucher. Uh, didn't know that, but so, yeah. wait, you tell me that he's in a gang? Uh, apparently, I, I don't oh, know what that, kind I don't of gang. Neither yeah, do I. I don't believe it. No uh, way. Okay. Anyway, let's tra- do the superlative before yeah. I say something that's going to get me in trouble. Yeah, Trey Nine Bloods or something like that. It doesn't sound real to me. Um, okay. <laughs> which flyer is Six Nine most likely to call out? So, like, which Philadelphia flyer is Six Nine going to snitch on next? <laughs> so so he so we're looking for a gangster i'm assuming yeah og son okay yikes well i mean scott lawton <laughs> i know your reasoning too without you having even to say it because he's the only one doing violent things on his free time <laughs> i every time this whole thing pops up i just see his like there's the one picture that's going around online <laughs> of right. six nine in court like pointing okay. to something and it's like and the the um 
I think the judge is like, you're down to 20 years. And he's like, I'll tell you where Carmen Sandiego is. Or like, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you where to find Waldo. And like, just stupid stuff like that. Because everybody's just making fun of him because he's a snitch now. So um, he's ratting on he's ratting on everybody. blood members. Uh, so he's yeah. a dead man, he essentially. Said Cardi B is in the same gang and this and that. It, it's crazy. Like, I don't keep up with a lot of pop culture, but these no, memes me have been straight fire and I'm loving them. I had no idea what a Takashi 6ix9ine was until I thought maybe it was a Pokemon. It might be. I mean, there's like a million of them. Have you ever heard his music? I did, and I turned it off about two seconds in. Uh, is it garbage? It's, is it rap? It's I'm worse than it's garbage. Rap. It's worse yeah. than garbage. Yeah, I'm um, not a big rap guy to begin with. Neither am I, my friend. All right. Um, well, do you have somebody that Takashi's going to call out? Yeah, he's calling out Sharu. Obvious choice. <laughs> You know, because think of he grabbed one cop's ass. Like, think of how many others he's probably done it to. I thought maybe you were going with the whole redhead thing, like bloods and. No, no. I mean, that'd be maybe not that check. Yeah, that would be Voracek or even Gritty. I could see him calling out Gritty. Oh yeah, that's outside the box. I mean, the guy was streaking during the uh, outdoor game. And right. there's a, probably a, threw a turkey off of the top of the Wells Fargo Center. Imagine if that would have hit somebody. Right. You know, I could see All him right. snitching him out. <laughs> well, I, I learned a lot yeah. about Area 51 and this fine gentleman. Yeah. I, if I could play that graphic, like, the more you know with the star and the rainbow. <laughs> um, but this is audio, so you wouldn't be able to see it anyway. Which, folks, leads us to the end of the show. Yep. We've had a lot of fun doing this. This is a good one. Um, yeah, quite but, tangential, but that's yes. all right. You know, hey, it's the start of the season. We're excited. We get a little antsy. But right. regardless, John, please tell these fine folks where they're going to be able to find you and your work. You can find me at John P. Gove on Twitter. You can find my work at Philly Sports Network. Um, yeah, that's about it. You can't find me anywhere else. You can find myself, Derek, at PuckBobPSN on Twitter. You can find my work at the same location as John's with Philadelphia Sports Network. You can find the Pod Street Bullies on Twitter, which I'm sure you already have. We are on Instagram as well. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podmuncher, according to John. Um, Podmuncher, yeah. iHeartRadio. You can find us on Spreaker as well. Google us. You'll Just don't us. use Pod Muncher on a bus full of kids. Don't do that. Yeah, turn your volume yeah, down as well. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. But folks, this has been the Posture Bullies. Have a wonderful week ahead, and as always, let's go Flyers. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs> <laughs>